You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. It's been a little while since we've checked in. We've had some movement and some moving of our sound editor, Catherine, who is out of pocket and moved to her new location and her new job. So now she's set up so we can actually edit. And of course, that means that this will be a little take a there'll be a drag on this a little bit. So hopefully everybody, this will be current by the time you hear it. I'm here this evening with Brian Manning, my usual co-host. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, John. How about yourself? I didn't get a chance to go over to see the game because it, I, I was still working, or I'd just barely gotten off work when it started. But the baseball game wrapped up, and we'll talk about baseball in the second segment because the first segment we got to talk about is basketball. But, boy, that baseball game went right to the end, and it was a it was a one-out walk-off in the ninth inning, and it was 10-9. to 9, So there was not a whole lot of pitching going on. <laughs> the balls were moving on, over at English Field today. So everybody's excited. How are you feeling about the basketball season? Well, I, I would feel a lot better if there wasn't, what, two games in 32 days. Fortunately, this past pause they had with, with where they had to cancel last week, fortunately, they were able to practice because it was a contact tracing issue where the previous pause where there was no game for 17 days, it was more there was a, a positive test somewhere in the program and they couldn't practice. And when, then when, when they finally returned to the court, you could see it because they were awful in that Georgia Tech game. I mean, Georgia Tech's a good team, don't, don't mind. I mean, they had the player of the year in, in Moses Wright, and then they had Jose Alvarado was a really really good score but any other time I think the Hokies play that game better and but the rest of that long layoff showed and then they got back into action that Saturday and destroyed Wake Forest in like the most complete performance and since they've been in the ACC 16 17 years so this latest break I'm a little concerned about it because their first game will be on Friday night which will be the late game which will be I'm sorry, they'll play Thursday night I apologize but they'll be at Louisville or Duke and they beat Duke earlier this year Duke's playing better than they were early in the season since they got rid of the kid who, who uh, I'm not going to say it other than he left the team. I'll just leave it at that because it's pretty controversial. Yeah. We know how we feel about it. But anyway, yeah. Louisville and Duke, we, we know we were scheduled to play Louisville last week, and I think we were all ready for that game and ready to end that crazy losing streak since the Metro Conference days. And, and I would personally like to see us play Louisville and beat them, but that long layoff again scares me a little bit. But at some point, you got to get that monkey off your back. Why not do it in the uh, quarterfinals of the ACC tournament? Yeah, and, and for those people that didn't pick up on that, that's a triple buy. Now, honestly, to tell you the truth, I was having the same kind of trepidations that you were on the, on it. And I was almost like, I would have rather maybe played in one or two games just to get a chance to get my feet back up underneath me after those after those forced layoffs. It's, it's kind of a shame we couldn't play Boston College or Wake Forest on on, on like a Monday or Tuesday night to get her to, you know, to. You know, friendly, make it like a soccer game, right? A friendly, <laughs> and then it doesn't actually count just to kind of get some practice. Uh, first of all, 
congratulations to to Mike Young for those people. And, and Ryan and I were not one of those people. Not that I'm saying I told you guys so, but Brian and I definitely were not one of those people because both of us independently looked up who Mike Young was and what Mike Young was and what he potentially would bring to the program. And, you know, Whit Babcock is an old baseball player. Boy, he sure knocked it out of the park. First of all, before I get too deep into what I was going to say about, about Mike Young, I always want to give a shout out to our buddy Jahar for the Mike Young because I'd always known who Mike Young was and was aware of it. But I have to be completely honest, I wasn't saying I wasn't out there saying he's going to be our guy at Virginia Tech. I wasn't looking that direction. Jahar was the whole time. He caught and, and he was so right on this, but he yeah. deserves credit for that one. But as far as Mike Young, what he's the perfect coach, obviously, for, for just so many reasons. He's a local New River Valley guy and he's just a superb human being and he's an honest guy. And he, he knows X's and O's. He's charismatic. He's proven he can recruit. He's hired a good staff. He's got it, a personality. I, I, yeah. I love the fact that he's got a personality. He doesn't mind showing it to people. He puts on the glasses and the Hawaiian shirt and sits in front of the screen driving down the road, you know, pretending he's driving down. He's Please. having a good time. If you go on Twitter, you can find a ton of Mike Young memes and they're they're outstanding. Yeah. He's great and and I'm glad he's the Hokies head coach and he's gonna be here for a while. If he keeps this team playing the way it's playing and stocked with players the way they're getting stocked with players, I, I don't see that, that there's going to be a step up anywhere. I think Virginia Tech's going to be a legitimate threat for a while. Yeah, he is the he has the program heading in the right direction. And Virginia Tech's not going to be a, a one-and-done school. So you're going to recruit guys who's gonna, who are going to be here for two, three, and four years. And that plays right into what he does. He, you know, generally – freshman he will uh let him marinate on the bench for a year and and, and it, i know this year at times we've had to get a couple of our guys pressed into action quicker than we wanted but he's a guy who lets them get their feet wet at this level get some time with the to learn the defense and all that while the upperclassmen kind of lead the team like in this case it's uh Kive Aluma and ty radford and wabisa those guys are leading the team and you got your freshmen stepping up and filling complimentary roles. Well, next year, those guys will step up and into bigger roles. And he's got a really nice flow going. He's got good recruiting going on. He's got good movement through the program and he's not afraid to use the young guys, but he uses them in smart situations. And he's been using guys where they fit in. So like Hunter Couture, I don't know if Hunter Couture is a starter. Not that he's not a good basketball player. I don't know that he's a starter. I think that he's one of those guys that you count on because he's really good to come off the bench and like pump the team back up when, you know, after that first timeout, you always have that first timeout and you, and you got to take a break and figure out what the heck you were doing. And it's always good to have somebody come be able to come in off the bench and, and fire it up a little bit, you know? I, I know what a job he's done as far as I, I remember the jokes about him when, when he signed here because he was originally a Wofford commit and he did, obviously didn't have any offers in the ACC. And that's no shame not being offered by an ACC school because regardless of the Big Ten's doing this year, the Big Ten is the best conference this year. But the ACC is the best conference on a yearly basis. Uh, people can argue what they want. That's what I believe. I grew up on it. I believe it. I love it. it but Yeah, it's still the, it's, it's still the cream. 
it's no shame he didn't get an ACC offer, but I remember some of the takes about how awful Young was going to be as a recruiter because he had to bring this this slow white guy from Watford with him and and watch Couture work. He's a good player. I mean, I mean some of the same jokes that they made about Couture they've made about Tyrese Radford before he ever played because he wasn't yeah. originally a scholarship but, player. But you had Luma Radford and Couture that came from the Watford flow and came with Mike Young. And have all three of them have made a big difference. It's a program that when we answer the question that, you know, that that poll question that comes out for our SB Nation reacts polls, you know, are you still are you confident in the direction of the of the basketball program? It's been consistently 100 percent for so long. I think it's kind of pointless to ask anymore. Speaking of about about Tyrese, I think he actually came here with Buzz. He actually came under Buzz, but he was a walk on it when he originally came, and he stuck around. And he's what this team when you when you look at what this team is right now, he is the epitome. And you could tell how much Mike Young loves the young man. And I, and I believe Radford's the kind of kid who's going to reward him. I, I think you, you made a mistake. We all make those mistakes when we're young. So he's the identity of this team. And then you have Aluma. And my thoughts on Aluma was, I believe, had we not lost so many games late there in February, I think Aluma's he, he was second team all ACC, but he, I think, missed out by four votes. I think he should have been first team ACC. I just think right now, I don't know if the ACC knows what the heck to do. The ACC analysts, the ACC people, the ACC does not know what to do with Mike Young and Virginia Tech. I think Aluma would have made it had they not missed so many games in February because there were no eyes on him. Would we play one game in February, two games maybe? But there were no eyes on Aluma. And if people could see what he did on a consistent basis as far as he's a big guy, but he could run the floor, shoot threes, play good D. He did everything. I think he's a contender for ACC Player of the Year. Had he not missed so much time, had the team not not yeah, not a little team, team thing, it wasn't them. It wasn't personal. It was the yeah, team. And the thing this year, what's sad is this year was was the year that it's wide open this year. That any team can truly win this tournament, except Wake Forest and Boston College. I mean, I look at a team like Pittsburgh, who I think is a 12 seed, and then you have Miami, and you have these. I don't think Miami can win the tournament. Let me let me reiterate that. But Pittsburgh's a team who have, who has a couple of good players, but especially Champagne. But I think what hurts Pittsburgh is they lost two guys to the transfer portal, including Johnson, the high-scoring guard, that pretty much eliminated their chances. But there are so many teams that could win that tournament this year. Duke's a 10 seed, and Duke could win this tournament. Duke's finally gotten on the upswing. I mean, okay, because we have to wrap it up and move on to our second segment. We talked ACC tournament. At some point, we're going to talk as the ACC clears because you and I both know that the seeding on Selection Sunday is going to depend heavily on how the tournament plays out and what the performances are in the tournament. So I think the Hokies would have, had they played two, three more games, I think they were in, in good shape for a four or five seed. But I think now with, with the long layoff, regardless of what happens this week, I think you're looking at probably around a seven or seventh seed, I would guess. But that's just a guess. And I think you win one or two games in this tournament, you can move up to a six, the five or six line. But right now I see if, if things were as today, I would see them as a seven seed. I hate being in the bottom because that means you got to play the top. And I'd rather be in the middle and, you know, at least get a shot at it like we were, you know, the third bid we had under Buzz. You know, that's going to happen. That's going to come. So now we got to take our break and pay our bills. And we'll be back to talk about some of the other sports, including something else special going on, which is the baseball team this year. So if everybody will be tuned in, we'll be back in a second. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. Before we went into the break there, we were talking about the Hokies basketball team, the ACC tournament, and the upcoming NCAA tournament seating and, and all the good the good vibrations going on around Mike Young in the program. But as you know, there's other good things going on with Hokie sports, and that does not include the football team, believe it or not. We are talking about the Virginia Tech baseball team and the wrestling team, which is always good track and field. There's just a lot of good things going on. And Coach Kenny Brooks and the women's basketball team deserves a shout out too. I mean, let's be honest. He has a good program going there too. The Hokies just signed in that class. Brooks just signed a top 50 player nationally for the next class. And, and he deserves credit for that. So that that was pretty exciting news. Yeah, you got Liz Kitley out who's six foot five inches tall. And I think either she's up for player of the year or I, mean, I have to go back through all of the stuff but she's definitely been an MVP and you know, the women's program is just flying. They have had some issues this year with fades in the fourth quarter and Brooks has to solve that. That's a kind of a bugaboo that will sink, especially women's programs because they're like the pros they play in quarters and you know, you can play three good quarters and then fall apart in that fourth quarter for some reason and just wreck your entire game. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I I just wanted to make sure that we we gave Coach Brooks and, and the yeah. women's program a shout out. It's really important. I, I don't want people to forget them because when we were able to go, my wife and I go to the women's games all the time and we really enjoyed them and it's really fun to go there and cheer. As we talk about all the excitement around the, the athletic programs now and, and the, the COVID-19, I'm not going to say it's over. We know it's not over, and I don't want to get killed by somebody for saying it's over because it's not, but we know how that goes. But as we see hope on the horizon with vaccines and everything coming up, we can start to attend sporting events again. And you've recently been able to attend some Virginia Tech baseball games. That's been exciting. So once you fill everybody in on the Virginia Tech baseball team right now? Yeah, well, let me see. A couple of years ago, Whit Babcock reached out and hired the head coach of Maryland, believe it or not, John Sheff. It's spelled funny, but that's how his name is pronounced, Sheff. He's Mr. Straight Arrow. He's not Mr. Huge. He is nice and personable. He's got a good smile, and he's all baseball. And it's amazing. It took him a season and a half, really, to get this team turned around. Last year, and as you were noting in the article came out, because you wrote up the 12th ranking in before COVID shut everything down, they were 11 and five and people were starting to notice it. Well, okay, you can go two ways when you get shut down and then end up getting, you know, the bats put in the bags and the balls thrown away and the pickers back on the shelf and and you don't get a chance to play baseball or you're playing, you know, sandlot baseball or intramural baseball between inner squad baseball between everybody else. You get stale, right? And your program can go in two different directions. Your program can either keep moving along on a trajectory or it can fall off. Well, guess what? This year, John Sheff's program lit the afterburner. They walked into Kent State, and I mean, it was frigid. That first Sunday, I called, I sent an email to the PR department, and they said, get in contact with this person. And I got in contact with that person. And it's like, yes, we can't have you on the field in the pit, but you can be in the gallery walking the whole thing. And I have a telephoto lens and I have the ability to get where I want. I just put my mask on. And at that time I had to have my winter coat and it was exciting. There was nobody really much in the stands for the Kent State game, but you had a whole different level of energy on the baseball team. 
Now, unfortunately, we lost the third game of the UNC matchup, that series, but we won the series. And for those of you who read my stuff about baseball, and Brian, you you know as a baseball fan, baseball is a sport that's played to average. And you're doing really, really amazingly well with a bat if you hit the ball one out of three times, you know, for for it hit safely one out of three times. It's a marathon of trying to get one step above average and then maintain it long enough to beat the other guy who's only a half step above average. So that's what kind of thing baseball is. And the miracle is that John Sheff turned the program around. It was a program that was foundering. It was floundering around. We hadn't found a good coach or we hadn't found a coach that could actually answer the question. We did have good baseball teams in the past, but it's been an up and down kind of affair. Well, like I said, Whit Babcock is a baseball player. That's what he did at JMU. That's what his sport was at JMU. And he set forth the stadium is nice and new. They still have to finish one of the signs because Union Bank became Atlantic Union Bank, and they have to change a couple of things. But it's all the new clubhouse. It's a new feeling, and it's really exciting to be able to get my camera in my hand and go back out and start taking pictures again and start covering, and it gives us hope for the fall. I think that's the biggest hope that I have for the fall right now is that we get a, we get a chance to cover this spring, which right now, given the situation, we might or might not. There might not even be a quote-unquote spring game. I don't know. They're, they're still debating because the governor has to let them do it. But I'm looking forward to it. And at this point, the baseball team, tonight, for example, VCU is visiting. It's one of those midweek, what they call pitch-by-committee, where you have the bullpen goes out there and each each relief pitcher like pitches two innings or three innings. And... Each one of them had problems. That's the problem I think this year that Chef's going to have to beat is his bullpen is a pile of freshmen. If you look at, I'm going to have to do my roster article now that we've actually got something going. We'll probably talk about the roster article because before there was no focus because all these players were new. Well, now we get a chance to to talk about them. So, you know, the baseball team has got one little hole. And that's the the relief pitchers. They're going to have to come along because there's like 10 freshmen, 10 true freshmen. And they're going to have to work it out. And tonight, the offense picked them up. They never led in the entire game. And the offense at the bottom of the ninth inning walked off with one out. And it was 10-9 Tech over VCU. So Tech goes to 8-2 overall. Of course, this wasn't an ACC game, so it didn't change those standings. But right now, Tech is flying. Tech's baseball program is getting noticed. Oddly enough, for baseball to be behind five runs or four runs and have to make it up over a period of a game and then make it all up and then walk off, actually, a lot of people take more notice of that than if you ran away with the game. Because that's just the way baseball is graded. It's like, when can you reach down and grab it, you know? When do you get clutch? Clutch doesn't happen when there's no emergencies, right? That's right. Okay. I spent my entire, the entire segment here talking about baseball and how excited I am about baseball and going back to covering it. We'll probably get another game this weekend in, probably the Sunday game. I'll get credentials to go in the Sunday game and, and we'll go take some more pictures and put some more in the library. So, you know, we've got, you know, the wrestling team is about to finish their season. 
outdoor track starts, the indoor track, the men's team won the track championship, the ACC championship. There's a bunch of people that got seeded into the indoor NCAA tournaments, both for the wrestling team and for the track team. So you're going to keep seeing those names bubble up. And the outdoor track team now is going to be, of course, it's mostly the indoor track team is the outdoor track team. Just the events are a little different. You're going to see the outdoor track team look just as good as the indoor track team did. That And that's a long season, too. That actually happens past the end of the semester. So we'll see. You know, hopefully, this, like I said, we see the light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines and everything. I've already had my first one. St. Patty's Day, I get my second one. So I'll go get my second shot. And then before maybe whatever happens hits or whatever it does, I'll hit PKs and something and get myself a porter. But it's one of those things that hopefully that tunnel is passes by here sooner or later and we get back to normal and we get back to doing the stuff that we love, which is covering the Hokies. I do have a little bit more hope than Brian does about the football program, but we still have to see spring. We still have to see what's going to happen. we got new defensive line coach. We have the first chance in two years of a full set of practices happening in the spring and in the fall. So, you know, maybe that'll help a little bit and maybe that'll kind of brighten people's attitudes and and make people feel a little bit better. And hopefully the baseball and the basketball teams will have added to that energy, right? The program feeds off itself. These athletes are all friends. They all go to school together. They all work out together. They're all friends. So, you know, they root for each other. And when one group does really well, it kind of adds to the energy of the other group. So... Yep, it's a good time to to be around. As far as the football team, you were talking about optimism and everything. This team really needs a spring practice. It it hurt them last year with Hamilton adjusting to the coaching staff. But, you know, with Burmeister at quarterback, and I think he could really use the the 15 practices from spring to get in sync with some of his receivers because the pass catchers are going to be a weapon again next year. You're going to have James Mitchell back, Tavion Robinson, Trey Turner. Peyote hopefully is healthy next year. I mean, we we've got weapons. We need to be able to throw the forward pass and, and win games with with the passing games. We have some really talented weapons that we don't yep. take advantage of, and, we, and these guys need practice. And we got Blackshear. We still have Blackshear coming back, and to be able to take Blackshear out of in positive yardage out of the backfield, not just throw dinky dunk screens to him behind the line of scrimmage, but get him out into space, you know, beyond the line of scrimmage. Some of that positive yardage plays those are all timing plays because they have to happen within three seconds those are timing plays that if you don't have a spring practice if you don't get a chance to drill that and drill that and drill that it doesn't come later on in the season right I just have no faith in our offensive system Cornelson just everything I have no faith that that we can get that passing game straightened out regardless if they had 75 spring practices just don't have a lot of faith so one of those things that, that I, I'll just maintain the faith for us right now. And and you know how I feel about Cornelson. I've written my fingers off about how I feel about it. You know how I feel about it. But I'm trying to have some faith in Braxton Burmeister and the guys catching the passes and the stuff that I saw from Burmeister last year that he was willing to 10 speed. He was willing to make changes. He was willing to play a little sandlot and change up a read pattern to a better read. So one thing, one thing I'll say about Burmeister, he doesn't have quite the physical gifts, meaning his arm, he doesn't have the biggest arm, but I'll tell you what, he has no fear 
and yeah. he's not afraid of getting knocked around, not afraid of competing, not afraid of getting hit. And he's this kid will play. Well, he's not going to play not to lose. And, that, and that's a great thing in a quarterback. So we can only hope he can stay on the field and stay healthy. We know he's getting, gotten beat around a little bit before. So we, we, we just hope for continued health. And because the quarterback room is going to be a little bit light next year. And, and that kid from Texas A&M is not a quarterback. And you don't want to see him in the game. If something would happen where Burmeister would go down, Knox Kadem is the quarterback. And he yeah. should be because we're not quite ready. We don't want to throw. We got Taj Bullock coming in from New Jersey who's a promising prospect. We don't want to just throw this kid into the no, world. No. Bullock needs to spend a year doing some work. But Kadem looks like a spring practice would be a good thing for him. It, it probably, especially being the backup, and number two, he's going to get a lot better exposure. And he looks a whole lot like Burmeister as far as his skills, as far as his willingness to stick his nose in. I mean, when he was in the game, he was in, game, his nose in. Game in a tough situation there in December. And he, he didn't look, I mean, he's a redshirt freshman. He came in there and he wasn't scared. And I know just when, when you look after the game, all of his teammates on, on, on Twitter were praising him. Guys like Darisaw and all of them were just praising him because they respect that he's a he's a competitor and 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 I'm not saying he's going to be a great quarterback but but that's a great trait to have as a quarterback and I know from watching him what I saw of him in Georgia and reading about him he was winning state championships at the highest levels in Georgia and if you know anything about Georgia football that's a that's a pretty big deal so yeah so I mean there's like I said so I have my hope rests in the fact that this team looks like it's bonded it's mostly back. There's it's losing very few of the players from last year, and it's kind of bonded up. And I think they're watching out for each other. I think they're happy for the guys that are going into the pros, and hopefully, you know, those draft picks will come in. I'm anticipating both of them to drop down to the second round. I don't see either one of the. I don't. I don't see Farley or Derisaw going in the first round. I think Farley's going to deserve to, but I don't see it. Yeah, I, I think Farley will go no lower than Dallas at number ten. I think Denver, Denver's a sweet spot for him at number nine. I think Dallas at ten. I don't, I don't think he goes any lower than that. Darisaw, I don't think he falls past the Washington football team at nineteen. If and if they get a chance to pick him up lower, they'll pick him up lower because that's usually what they do to offensive linemen. But there, this is a really good. This is and this hasn't been the case in recent years. Last year was a good offensive tackle class with Jedrick Wills and Tristan Wirfs and those guys. It was a good class. This is another good class with offensive tackles. You've got, of course, Sewell out of Oregon is going to go first. It's the yeah. first one. And then you've got Slater and Darisaw. A lot of people like Darisaw better than Slater. I like Darisaw better than Slater, but I've seen Darisaw play for years, so I'm a huge fan, and I'm a Washington fan, so I want to see Darisaw go there. But I don't know that he makes it to 19 because the NFL is always looking for pass protectors, and he can yeah. do that. So April's coming, right? Yep. Yeah, no underwear Olympics. That was, you know, they're gonna. It's basically going to be a televised pro day or something. So. We're going to be back. We're going to talk more about baseball coming up. We'll go over some games, you know, here and there as stuff changes. But the big new topic in the next set of shows will be the NCAA tournament. There's no doubt Tech is going to be selected somewhere in the NCAA tournament, which is only Mike Young's second year. And I don't think he would have been selected last year. But, of course, the whole thing crumped in because of COVID. So that's all, everybody. Keep up the faith. 
Let's keep up the good thoughts. Let's be positive for the players. Like I said, you know, I can wag my fingers at the coaches. They're adult males and females, and they can take getting their getting wagged at a little bit. I'm not going to bust on the kids, and they are kids to me. I'm an old gray-haired man. They are kids to me, and all of them are trying as hard as they can to be as good as they can be, and dumping on them isn't worth it. So, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. Let's just concentrate on the spring sports and how good the basketball team is doing and both basketball teams and how good the baseball team and the softball team, which is ranked softball, although they've been sidelined because of COVID. So I'll talk a little bit about them. Maybe I'll put a a show together by myself or, you know, if Brian does want to chip in and hopefully maybe when they get back, I've already been offered credentials to go cover them with the camera and cover a softball game or two. So maybe get some pictures on them too. So I'm going to leave this with the usual. Brian, what's that? Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.